What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome back to the Whole Lot of Bull Podcast. I'm Troy. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Troy. And more importantly, you can follow the show at Whole Lot of Bull. Uh, been a few weeks since, or a couple of weeks now, since my last recording. And wow, the things we have seen from this team in the last few weeks, just wow. Um, this, this, since Zach Levine's been out, obviously we all know we're 6-3. and three in that time period. But mostly what I want to talk about in this episode, um, while I've got the time, is the, the progression of the young bulls right before our eyes, especially Alec Jacoby motherfucking White. Uh, I know I've said this before, but I seriously owe that man a massive apology. I didn't... You know, I came into this season going that Javon Carter needs to be the starting point guard. Kobe White is better suited uh, coming off the bench, being that microwave scorer uh, with the second unit. And wow, was I wrong. Um, I didn't think he was capable. I mean, like, the things he's doing, I kind of expect. You know, was some of the stuff I was expecting for him to do off the bench as being the go-to guy like with, with the second unit. But to do this with the, with the starting unit, he's actually gone well beyond what I actually thought was even remotely possible for Kobe. He is, like, as Hayes at... Uh, Chicago Bulls Central has said in Shadow Haze. He is developing, he, he is blossoming into a superstar before our very eyes. Now, is that to say that he is going to be an all-star this this year? And by that I mean actually voted and selected to play in the all-star game. Now, it's probably unlikely. There's a lot of players that he's got to battle for positions with for that. But the way he is playing is that of an all-star. Like, it, there's no denying it. Like, the guy's almost getting a triple-double most nights these days. With just... He's absolutely shooting the lights out, Many His franchise record streak of 14 consecutive games with at least three threes had, like... Unfortunately, came to an end in that game yesterday against uh, Philadelphia... But everything else that he's doing, like his his defense, his ball handling, which you know he's worked, as we all know, he's worked with Johnny Dribble too much. Like the, the defense, the ball handling. He, but what's even more impressive is his leadership. Now I, I know a lot of podcasters have spoken about this already, so probably sounds like I'm just copying what they're all saying. But in you know, it's, it's it's true. Like we've seen. The times where you know the camera goes to the guys on the, at the bench during timeouts and stuff, and you you see Kobe getting up and animated with with his team, showing leadership. Say, come on, guys, let's let's go, like let's get up, let's let's don't you know stop these guys making a run. But whatever the situation is, Kobe's standing up and showing amazing leadership. And honestly, it's actually it's beautiful to watch. I mean, 
yeah, Kobe is is blossoming into an absolute star right in front of our eyes, and I couldn't be any happier to be wrong about this guy. I just thought he was nothing more than a microwave scorer off the bench who occasionally catches a heater. This guy, he's like, I again, I saw him as a streaky shooter. I will be, I am one of the going to be the first ones to put my hand up and go, yep, I was wrong. I own that and I couldn't be fucking happier about it. Kobe White, standing ovation to you, dude. Like, holy shit. Uh, Patrick Williams. Now, my mate Paddy, I can't remember exactly what it, what it is that Paddy calls him, but something to do with the big Seminole or something like that. Um, I'm sure Paddy will absolutely correct me on that when he hears this. But finally, we are starting to see some consistent basketball from, from Patrick Williams. I mean, we've, we've all seen flashes in the pan from Pat. We're going, we can see the skill. We can, we can see what he can become. And it's always been frustrating that why isn't it, is it just not clicking like the guy has, is a physical specimen of a human being. Yes, he's not the, the most talented player in the world like he is. Handles aren't amazing or nothing like that. But you, you can, and here comes that, that, uh, that word, potential. You can see the potential in Patrick. You can see why everyone goes on about baby Kawhi. That's why, you know, Stacey King gave the nickname the paw. Because, you know, Kawhi's the claw. But you, you can see why all this was, was spoken about. And now, finally, over this last stretch of, I think, even listening to one of uh, Hayes's, I think it was one of the, the, the post-game, where someone in the comments was saying about, oh, I need to see more than six games or six to eight games of this before I start to believe it. And then, Pat, and then Hayes goes back through, the, like, essentially the last month worth of games. And goes like, no, this is more than just six to eight games. This has been a good 30 days worth of this stuff. Patrick Williams has become a consistent player. Now, I'm not sure. I know there was a game earlier this season where he put up, an, uh, put up a donut in scoring. And I'm not sure if, that's, if that came before this uh, stretch of consistency or it's come uh, during it. And hey, Patrick, he's, he's still going to have his setbacks. He's still going to have a game here or there where it looks like he's he has, he, he's, he's going to have a bad game here and there. But to see this consistent stretch now where he's being aggressive for the most part, he looks like he is actually finally starting to believe what everyone else believes. Or for a lot of, I know there's some people out there who don't think much of Patrick Williams. Shout out Pat the designer. Um, but you can, it's, start, it's starting to come along now for, for Patrick. And absolutely love, lovely. Get my words twisted there. I'm absolutely loving what I'm seeing for Patrick Williams. And now you, you know, all these times where he gets aggressive and tries to you know, dunk on someone's head and he misses it. Well, and then we saw the game against... Uh, Miami, where he dunked it on Hami Harkins Jr. 
then we saw the, the game before he went to, to slam it and then he got blocked mid-air. So like, Nat, you know, when I saw him going up to dunk on in that second game, I'm like, uh-oh, he's either going to stop, you know, slam it off the back of the iron, it's going to go flying or he's going to get blocked. But nope, absolutely put Hami Hakez on a poster and you absolutely saw after that, in, in that particular game, after that, he just started to absolutely assert himself and dominate. And probably one of Patrick's, uh, probably up there in Patrick's top three games. Uh, I had a Sumu. Now, I had my doubts surrounding Ayo after his second year. But again, shout out Pat the designer. It was just that typical sophomore slump. We've seen Io become a lot more aggressive, pushing the pushing the pace. That's the one thing, like in his his defense. But when Io gets that rebound or the outlet pass, he's looking to push that ball up the court, and he's generally getting up up there faster than anyone else. And if the guys aren't catching up with him, he's if he's got if he can see a lane there, he is absolutely going for it, and absolutely, you know, love the aggression. There's the confidence, mostly that Io is playing with now, like. Absolutely love to see it. Hopefully this keeps up and if this if this does keep up, I mean that, that seven that three year seven million dollar per year deal is gonna look like absolute an absolute steal. Um something else I wanted to touch on uh before I do end this podcast because I don't have that much time. Uh it's become this narrative surrounding Alex Caruso and what and what the balls absolutely must do and what apparently Alex Caruso is absolutely going to do is that there's this narrative that Alex Caruso he's got one he's got the remainder of this year on his contract and he's got next year and after that he's an unrestricted free agent there's this narrative out there that he will not resign with the Chicago Bulls he wants to go to a championship contender what who who has made up this narrative? What has Alex Caruso himself said this that unless this team turns into a title contender, he's not resigning. Like has it has he said this? Like wh- where has this come from? I I don't understand. What makes everyone think that Alex? Well, the people who say it anyway that you you must trade him because he's at his highest value and all this, all this other stuff. And hey. Don't get me wrong, I understand where you're all coming from, yet Alex Caruso is at his highest value. They want to get something for him before he breaks his body or we lose him for nothing, whatever the case may be. To me, because we see these young bulls flourishing before our eyes, Alex Caruso, to me, is someone that you want to keep around as long as he wants to be here. And this is something that, you know, AK and Mark obviously need to actually find out. Does Alex want to be here? Because if he does, extend that man now. Extend him, guarantee his contract for next season, like fully guarantee it, and give the man an extension. Lock him in as a Chicago Bull for the rest of his career because this is a guy who you want, like, this is, this is a guy you want around your young players to teach, to teach them and, and, as a lot of people have said, set the culture. 
of what you want the Chicago Bulls to be. Like, at minimum standards. Like, we all see the heart and passion that Alex Caruso plays with. Yeah, and he, he gets injured from time to time. It's half the time that this is, injuries are not really his fault. Like, let's go back to the Grayson Allen thing. Like, everyone's like, oh, Alex Caruso is pro- injury prone. When with things like the Grayson Allen incident, when he gets taken out of the friggin' air with a cheap shot, you know, last year he played, what, 65, 66 games, career, yeah, career high. The guy doesn't, despite the, the little niggly injuries, we're like people stepping on his foot and re-aggravating that ankle injury because he's landed on someone else's foot. He's not, I, don't, I think they're overblowing this whole injury thing with Alex Caruso a bit. But for the most part, if you have a conversation with, with Alex and go, yes, he loves this, he loves Chicago, he loves the Bulls, he wants, he would love to, if he wants to stay here, you absolutely lock him up long term. Like, give him another three or four years on the contract. And hey, like he did with this, this deal he got, make, say, year three, or if it's a three year deal, make year three partial guarantee or whatever the, the case may be, just in case something does go wrong with his body, hey, you do have a, a way of getting out of it. But, but yeah, I just don't understand this narrative that's being created amongst Bulls fans that Alex is not staying. He doesn't, he, he, there's no way he re-signs with the Bulls after his contract's up. You need to trade him now and recoup your value for him. To be honest with you, I don't want to help some other team who is a, a title contender. I don't want to help them win a championship. I don't I don't want to get some pick in the like at the at the very back end of the first round, like picks twenty five through thirty. I don't want two first rounders for that. I mean to me Alex Caruso is more valuable to me over the next three, four, five years than what some picks in in the 25 to 30 range are going to be because unless you find an absolute diamond in the rough, like generally those picks aren't aren't anything great. Like yes, Jimmy Butler was a a, a 30th pick of the draft. That's a rarity. So, no, to me, Alex Caruso is too far too valuable to the future. So yes, the future of this franchise and the future of this playing group with the young guys, you need to keep a player like him around long-term. Like, you, you, you just have to. That's the way, way I see it. Uh, so, good. it's good to see that. It's the last thing I'll quickly touch on before I, I can't end this, end this pod before head off uh, for Christmas and all that. Uh, just absolutely loving the way that the ball is moving. Like Demar Derozan, he still has these moments where you you start pulling your hair out. Like, yeah, we know Demar's Demar, but he has, for the most part, bought, absolutely bought into this new style of of play. He's gone back to being uh, San Antonio Demar, where he's been more of facilitator. Absolutely love to see it. Um, but he still has his tendency to pound the ball a little bit too much. We saw it a bit in the Philadelphia game. And shout out to Justin the Bloody Horns podcast, like he, this guy absolutely fucking loves Demar Derozan, but we'll still call him out on his bullshit. Um, so yeah, for the most part, loving how Demar's playing these days. But when it comes to this, 
what I want to see in these final stages of the game, like what whoever's cooking, like keep keep the like. There's a reason why we're getting these leads to start with. Keep the flow of that action going. Don't just change. Like, I don't want to see Demar change how the game is being played just because he wants to get the last shots off. Like it's gonna look better. Like you keep playing the way that you've been playing to get a lead or whatever. That's what's gonna win you the game, not just by going. All right, not. Kobe White got us back in the game by dropping 15 points in the fourth quarter. My turn now, I'm going to finish this off. That's, to me, like, hey, if the right player is DeMar taking, taking the shot, I'm all for it, if that is the right play. But if the right play is something else, well, there's something we pointed out with um, the other day with Morris Bankston with that play with uh, Vucevic went for the game-winning layup and he blew it, where... He, you know, if DeMar dive cuts and, you know, there's a potential for a Patrick Williams to slide up and get an open three. I mean, that that sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I'll call it there now, guys, because I do need to head off. I'm about to take my beautiful partner, Caitlin, off out for the night and the or this afternoon and tonight for her birthday tomorrow. Uh, so I'm going to head off and do that now. So... Guys, this will be the, my last podcast uh, until before Christmas. So to everyone in Bulls Nation, much love to you all. Merry Christmas. Uh, thank you for following my podcast and following me on Twitter over the last uh, period of time since I've been doing this. So much appreciation to you. Uh, if I don't speak to you beforehand, uh, Happy New Year. I hope you celebrate well. And let's hope the Bulls get a few more dubs along the way. Alright guys, so until next time, you can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Troy and please follow the show at Whole Lot of Bulls. Shake, uh, please share the, the podcast with all your mates. And um, until next time guys, see you red. Go Bulls!